hands on that. How about, have you ever gone through a situation where there was a relationship that the enemy came in and there was strife and there was division and it looked like that relationship was dead. Anybody ever face that? You don't have to raise your hand, but we've been there in those situations. Perhaps you have faced something where on the inside of you, you had a dream, you had a vision, you had a goal that you knew you needed to reach. And that through the passage of time and some discouragement that entered in, that dream died. We've been there perhaps. Whatever the situation. How about you've had an opportunity to have your peace be dead. Have your peace be disturbed. You're full of the peace of God one minute. And the next minute something happens. And that peace is dead. That peace is gone. Or your joy is not there anymore. Things that come and rob and steal. And then we've been there where there's maybe a sickness or disease that attacks our body and our health seems to be dead. And then how about anybody in here? Cause we're praying. We are praying for the lost. We are praying for our loved ones that need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody have any relatives that are spiritually dead and they need to experience the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can use our faith. Hallelujah. We can stand on the word of God and God will give us breakthroughs. God is the one that knows how to breathe life into death filled situations. Amen. The good news is he is the God of the resurrection power. Next week, you're going to hear a wonderful message about resurrection. So we won't center in on that. But I want to just give you one definition that I saw for the word resurrection. An act of returning or bringing from the dead something to life. And that's what resurrection is. An act of bringing something that was dead back to life. Let me ask you a question. Sometimes what do doctors need to do when it appears that a person is about to die or in some cases they have already died? What does the medical field do? They resuscitate them. They bring them back to life. They revive them. Well, don't you think if the medical field has a technology and the ability to resuscitate someone physically to restore life into a corpse or one that's about to become a corpse, how much more can our living God, he is the true and the living God. He is the most high God. He's got power over the grave. He's got power over death filled situations. Amen. That same power, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that we're going to celebrate next Sunday morning, that same spirit will come into every single area of your life. If you will invite him to how many in here tonight are born again. Jesus is your Lord. You know that you're on your way to heaven. Then you have already experienced the greatest transition out of death 
into light. He has brought you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The greatest miracle that will ever happen. The greatest power that was ever needed was for us to get translated out of darkness into light. Well, so if he has done that, do you think him healing your body is too difficult? Do you think him prospering you is too big? Do you think him restoring broken uh, relationships is out of the question? Absolutely not. Nothing is too big for our God. How about him reaching out and ministering the love of God to your relative or your friend that may not know the Lord? Did you know that no pit is too deep? No hole is too dark. No problem is too big. No person is unsavable. Hallelujah. There are people that have dug a pit for themselves. There are people that are in the miry clay tonight. I mean, they are in the very uh, pit of hell in some respects. But praise the Lord. His mercy, His grace, His life can shine down into that dark, dark pit. There's nowhere that they can hide from the love of Almighty God. His love will extend itself. His love will manifest itself. (coughs) Excuse me. And that's why we pray. We pray that God will show himself strong in their behalf. We pray that the life of God and the light of God will be in manifestation. And perhaps you're here tonight and you might be facing a difficult situation. You might be facing something that looks like there's no way out. I found this great scripture this week. Glory to God. There is a way out. Hallelujah. In Psalms 138, verse 7 and 8. We're going to look at most of these tonight in the New King James Version. For all of you helping me up there with the blessed throne, the scriptures up there. In Psalms 138, verse 7 and 8. Again, in the New King James Version. I love this. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. Woo! Oh, that makes me happy. You know, one of the definitions of revive is to bring back life into something that is in danger of becoming a corpse. To bring back something that is in danger of being dead, in danger of not existing anymore. And sometimes when you're faced with trouble on every side and it doesn't look like there's a way out, I want you to know that you serve a God. God who will revive you when it looks like all your strength is gone. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, he will revive me. Everybody say he will revive me. Then it goes on and says, you will stretch out your hand against the watch of my enemies and your right hand will save me. Let's look at the next verse. Hallelujah. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever.
ever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Thank God for his mercy. Hallelujah. I don't know what got you in the midst of your trouble. Many times we're doing exactly what we should be doing. We're walking along. We're believing God and we just fall into a temptation because that's what the Bible says. That what sometimes we just fall into a temptation by virtue of being here in this world. Satan doesn't like you. Did you figure that out? Satan hates Christian. And sometimes he just brings an all out attack. It's not that we've done anything wrong. It doesn't matter how you got in the midst of the trouble. Perhaps you did open a door, but that doesn't matter either. He said, if you're in the midst of the trouble and you call on him, he will revive you. Hallelujah. And his mercy, his mercy, hallelujah, endures forever. Hallelujah. Have you ever gotten news that took your breath away? Have you ever faced something that just, you almost fainted under the weight of it? You got a phone call and there was terrible report on the other end. And you know what that's like where you just sometimes just, just gasp. Well, he's saying, if you're in one of those seasons, I will revive you. Hallelujah. He will bring life back into that situation. And then it goes on. I love that. It says in verse 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. That means his plan, his purpose will be established. Hallelujah. Even if you are temporarily knocked down and have the wind knocked out of you, cling to that to that promise. He will perfect that which concerneth me. He will revive me even in the midst of trouble. Hallelujah. I'm not going under. I'm going over. Hallelujah. I am not the tail. I am the head. I am not the I am above. Pastor quoted it. I am more than a conqueror. I am not the conquered. Hallelujah. I don't care if it seems like death is all around me. If it seems like despair is trying to overwhelm me. I'm going to rise up and he shall revive me. Glory be to God. Well, I want to look at this biblical example tonight. Of how we can turn dead situations around. Got a question for you tonight. Can these dead bones live? Well, you already know the answer. You want to just say amen and go home or should we look at the word? You got the right answer right off. Let's look over at Ezekiel chapter 37. (laughs) Let's go through the process, shall we? (laughs) Looking at the word, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 and 2 to begin with. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around 
And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. Everybody say very dry. These weren't just dry. They were very dry. He's emphasizing here that these things, these people had been dead for a long, long time. So dead, there wasn't any skin. There wasn't any hair. There wasn't any tissue left. They were dry and dusty bones. That's dead. Dead. No sign. Of life. You get the picture. And I find it interesting here that these dead, dry bones were in the valley. They weren't on top of a mountain. Did you know it's very interesting that dreams and visions and hope and expectation and faith, it doesn't die when you're on having a mountaintop experience. When everything's going good, woohoo! You wake up every morning singing, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, He sets my feet to dance it. And oh, you're having such good, rich fellowship with the Lord. You pray and woo, His presence overwhelms you. You pray and you see the answer to your prayer before the sun goes down. Woo! Mountaintop experience. You come to church and oh, the praise and the worship is so awesome. And again, his presence just overwhelms you. Well, in those seasons, everybody say season. In those seasons, you're not tempted to throw in the towel. You're not tempted to quit. You're not tempted to say, oh, confessing the word doesn't work. You're not tempted to say, oh, living for God is so sad and oh, blah, 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 blah. No, you're on a mountaintop experience and it's awesome and it's great and we all like it there. But you know what? We don't always stay on a mountaintop experience. And I think that it is important here that these bones... We're in the valley because it's when you're not on the mountain. It's when you are walking by faith. And you know where a valley is? A valley is usually between two mountains. So you're between those mountaintop experiences. You're between those woo kind of feelings. You're walking along by faith, not feeling anything. You're walking by faith and you're tempted to get weary and discouraged. And that's when you look around and that's where dreams and visions die. That's where people lose hope and they faint and they give up. Valley of dead, dry bones. But you know what? We don't have to stay there. If I were to ask everybody tonight to raise their hand if you've ever been on a mountaintop and then you were in the valley, I think we could all say, oh, me. Yep, I know what you're talking about. No one is alone. We've all had those experiences. But he goes on here and he's talking about these dead, dry bones. Like we just read here. Let me ask you another question. Does it matter to God how long something has been dead? Dry, dusty, old bones means dead a long time. Is there an expiration date on the power of God 
being able to resurrect something. You remember at the tomb of Lazarus and you all that went there. When Jesus showed up at the tomb of Lazarus and his sister said, Lord, he's been dead three days. Do you think that Jesus said, oh, no, no one told me it was three days. Two days is the limit. Now, if you're dead two days, I can still raise you from the dead. It's been too long. It's been three days. No, there's no expiration time on the resurrection power of God. It doesn't matter how long that sickness and disease may have been in your body. It doesn't matter how long you may have been unemployed. It doesn't matter how long you have been facing that difficult situation. It doesn't matter how long that your child may have been acting like demon child. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. The resurrection power of God will come into any death-filled situation if we will do our part. And that's what we want to see here. Jesus always has his part, but the prophet Ezekiel had his part to play as well. You know, these bones here. I'm going to talk about those bones again. Jesus is the giver of life. I heard T.D. Jake say something one time. He said, Jesus is the bone collector. He's the bone collector. When we see something that looks like it's impossible to bring life back into, it looks like a heap of nothingness. It looks like a heap of death. It looks like a heap of dead, dry bones. Jesus can take those situations. He is the giver of life. He can take those dead, dry bones, dead, dry dreams and turn them around and make something beautiful. Give it a testimony. Hallelujah. That's what he does. Amen. Now we read here verse 1 and 2. And now let's look at verse 3 of Ezekiel chapter 3. So we've established. He's looking at these dead dry bones. Verse 3. And he said to me. Son of man. Can these bones live? So I answered. Oh Lord. You know. It wasn't a trick question. But I like his response. His response was not, no way, dude. Do you see how dead and dry they are? No way can they live. Or his response wasn't, it's impossible. He did say, it's not looking good for the bones today. He, in essence, was saying, but you, oh Lord, know. You know more about this. Than I do. You are the God that brings life to death filled situations. You tell me what's going to happen. And that's exactly what the Spirit of God did. Let's look on down here in verse 4 through 6. Again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, All dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. I will put sinew on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Notice the Lord's response when he asked him, can these dead bones live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, you know. But I like this. The Lord did not say to him, I'll take care of everything. You don't have to do anything. Do you know that God expects us to cooperate with his power? He expects us to be obedient to what he puts in our heart to do or to say. Many times your miracle is connected To you acting, just acting in faith, believing the word of God, doing something that he tells you to do. We don't earn our righteousness. We don't earn our position in Christ Jesus. But faith without works is what? Is what? What do you want your faith to be alive? Then you need to act. Hallelujah. On what you believe. So God said to him. All right, I'm going to have my part, but you have a part, Ezekiel, in seeing this miracle come to pass. And what was Ezekiel's part? He told him to open his mouth and to prophesy. Prophesy is not just getting up here in church and speaking under the unction of the Lord. That's one form of prophecy. That's related in the gifts of the spirit. But the word prophecy literally means to proclaim and to preach. Did you know that you can prophesy to your life? You can prophesy to your situation. You have the power to proclaim and to speak the word of the Lord. And that's what the spirit of God said to Ezekiel. I want you to open your mouth and proclaim something. I want you to speak the word that I will tell you to speak. Hallelujah. The Lord didn't leave him hanging. He told him exactly what to proclaim. And Ezekiel didn't say, but Lord, I want to just say what I feel about this situation. Lord, I'd like to just go ahead and talk about what I'm seeing here. No, he told him exactly what to say. And he has told us exactly what to say. No matter what we are facing, we have the answer here in the word of the living God. If sickness attacks your body. What are we supposed to say? Thus saith the Lord. It is written with his stripes. I am healed. If your kids are not serving the Lord, what are we supposed to say? My seed is blessed. Me and my household shall serve the Lord. We are to proclaim and to prophesy what is written. That's literally what he was telling Ezekiel to do that day. He said, speak the word. He's saying to us, speak the word and pray the promises. Amen. A friend of ours, Mark Brzee, when he was here, he said this, our words are, ther- are like a thermostat. 
You set the limit and the boundaries with the thermostat in your household. You may be like Brother George Nicolopoulos and like your house 80 degrees. That's your prerogative. You can set the thermostat to 80 degrees if you want to. But I'm not going to come to your house because I'll be sweating. But if you like your house cool, you can set the thermostat to 65 degrees if you want to. It's your house. It's your thermostat. Thermostats, temperatures in our homes rise to where the thermostat is set. Our faith will rise to the level of our confession. Believe it in your heart and speak it with your mouth. You got to believe it in your heart and then speak it with your mouth. Prophesy to those circumstances. Prophesy to your finances. Take your checkbook out. Maybe it's in the negative. Take those bills out. Lay them on the table and say, I call you paid in the name of Jesus. I prophesy abundance in this checkbook. I declare that he meets all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We have our part to play. Ezekiel had his part to contribute. And once he did his part, then the spirit of the Lord said, this is my part. Hallelujah. He told him in verse five, I, the Lord God will breathe life back into these dead bones. He is the giver of life. We can't be God. We can't do his part, but we have to do our part. Then he will do his part. And this is what happened. Let's look at verse seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Hallelujah. When something was once dead and it begins to be coming back to life, there's a rattling, there's a shaking, there's a stirring. Glory be to God. There's a noise and I'm declaring there is a noise in the realm of the spirit hallelujah there are Christians that are on the verge of backsliding there are Christians that are just so lukewarm but I'm hearing a sound hallelujah I'm hearing a noise glory be to God I'm hearing a rattling in the realm of the spirit there's a stirring glory and the body of Christ is rising up fresh anointing the fire of the Holy Ghost amen how many of you will say yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes hallelujah Woo, there's a noise. And Lord, Lord, if we need to be shaken by the Spirit of God, shake us. If things need to fall off of our eyes, if deception needs to be removed, if a spirit of this world has tried to attach itself to us, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we are asking for the fire of the Holy Ghost. 
Ghost, the fire of the Holy Ghost to show up in the lives of the believers, to show up in the church of the living God, to show up in this local body. We're contending for a shaking in the realm of the spirit. There is a noise. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. Woo, hallelujah. Remember the prophet, he said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And it didn't look like anything. It looked like a man's hand, a little teeny cloud. Well, in your life, there may not be any sound. There may not be any sign that rain is on the way. But you keep contending and you keep expecting. You keep prophesying. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. It's beginning to rain. The rains of the spirit are falling. And when the rain of the spirit falls, hallelujah, there's life. Water brings life. Hallelujah. As we prophesy, as we contend, as we ask of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, there is a reviving and there is a refreshing that is fallen on the body of Christ. It may not look like it in the natural. It looks like that in Babra Sombrataha. It looks like in a lot of areas that the body of Christ is threatening to become a corpse. But we're saying no in the name of Jesus. We're speaking revival. We're saying, oh dear God, breathe. Let the breath of God breathe upon the body of Christ. Let the breath of God breathe in our lives. We will not become a corpse. We will not become complacent. We will not be lukewarm. We will not be lulled to sleep by the spirit of this world. How many of you want to be revived? How many of you want to be stirred by the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. There is a noise. There is a sound in the realm of the spirit. There is a whole lot of shaking going on. What happens when this shaking occurs? Not only are we revived, but the captives are set free. Oh, there are brekisumriatara. There are multitudes that are held in bondage. There are multitudes that are enslaved in the prison of sin. But when my body will cry out for a shaking, oh hallelujah, then Ambrosabataha, that shaking in the realm of the spirit will cause the captives to be set free. Did you? know that we have the key to those prison doors. You and I are anointed to set the captives free. We have the name of Jesus. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the word of the living God. We are called, hallelujah, to set the captives free. Glory be to God. And there is a shaking that is affecting even the very regions of the damned. I believe it that as we pray that darkness that has bound people, it's been removed in the name of the Lord of hosts for darkness is always subject to light. You and I are carriers of the light of this glorious gospel and light. Oh, 
always dispels darkness. Don't be acting like the children of the darkness. You are children of the light. Hallelujah. Walk in the light. Respond to the light. Hallelujah. And you know what else is being shaken? I hear the sound. I hear the noise in the realm of the spirit. Nations are being shaken. There's a scripture over in Haggai chapter 2. We won't go and read all of that. Let me just quote it to you. He says in Haggai chapter 2 and verse 7, I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple with glory. We are living in an hour and we are living in a time when nations are going to be shaken by the power of the most high God. Did you know that evil dictators, did you know that corrupt government, did you know that a bamboo curtain cannot stop the power of our Lord Jesus Christ from getting into nations? Nations that it has been outlawed to preach the gospel. Well, that does not, does not matter. You know why? Because man is not God. God is God. And he said, the time is coming when I will shake all nations. Our nation is being shaken and we need to pray because our nation is being shaken financially in the economic realm. Our nation is being shaken politically. Our nation is being shaken socially. There are things that are happening that the enemy is trying to bring division and he's trying to stir up old things between different groups of people. That shaking is not going to outdo the shaking of the spirit of God. There's another shaking on the horizon. Hallelujah. And it doesn't have to do with the political realm. It doesn't have to do with the social realm. It doesn't have to do with the economic realm. But I'm telling you, when there is a shaking spiritually, it affects every single realm. Hallelujah. But it must start in the hearts of man. It must start with the church being shaken. How can we be world changers? How can we be world shakers? If we're acting like dead, if we're acting like a corpse, it starts with the church being revived. And then we will take our place and our position and we will begin to pray for that nation Shaking power. Hallelujah. Woo. Over there in Haggai. You know, I told you not to turn there, but I do want to read verse 8 as well. Haggai chapter 2. When that shaking begins to happen and the captives are set free. You know what else happens when that shaking occurs? He said, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. The Lord of hosts and the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than of the former. Glory be to God. That's good news 
for that gold rush TV show and Carter and all those people up there in Alaska that there's a shaking coming on that the gold and the silver is going to be released. Some of you don't get that. You don't watch that show. It's a funny show. Anyhow, they're mining for gold. They're panning for gold up in Alaska and the show is called Gold Rush. But this says there's going to be a shaking in the realm of the spirit and the brosabataha and the finances needed to finance the gospel to take care of the mighty harvest is going to come into the church and you know what I'm not one of these that says oh the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just yeah yeah alright but this is my attitude I don't want their money I want them hallelujah I want them to be born again I want them to be part of the harvest I want them to come in with their money honey bring the money oh honey and the money come on in hallelujah Woo! the silver and the gold belongs to him and when that shaking starts happening it's coming into the hands of the church it's coming into the body of Christ not for selfish reasons but you know what we need bigger barns we need means to take care of the harvest that's what it is about can I get a witness glory be to God so hallelujah so Ezekiel had his part The Spirit of God had his part. Now let's look back over there at verse 8. Glory be to God. Ezekiel 37 verse 8. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Oh, it was good news. That these bones now had some flesh and muscle on them. They were looking pretty good. They were looking better than dead, dry, dusty bones. But you know what? They still weren't alive. The Spirit of God is saying to us tonight, go for full restoration. Some of you have been facing some death-filled situations. And God's beginning to move. And you're like, yay God, that's great. It's looking a little bit better. Don't stop. Keep contending for God's very best. Go after full restoration. Go after that thing saturated with the life of God. Amen? Looking good is not enough if it's still dead. Go after it. Been alive. Amen. Now verse 9. Let's keep reading here. Also he said to me. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy son of man. And say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds. O breathe. And the breath on these slain shall live so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and they stood up on their feet and what were they an exceeding great army hallelujah Woo! remember when God created Adam it said he he created him in his likeness and image but there wasn't any life until God 
He breathed and life came into him. Oh, the spirit of God is breathing in this place tonight. You may know that old song. Let him breathe. Let him breathe. Let the breath of God now breathe on me. Him breathing breath signifies him reviving. Him breathing life back in to situations. Hallelujah. Bones came together. Life came into their bodies. And then I like this phrase. And they stood up. They stood up. They stood up. Upon their feet. You can be alive and still be laying down. You may have been knocked down through circumstances and you are laying down and the spirit God comes and he revives you and you're like, whoo, thank God I didn't die. Whoo, thank God I'm still alive. But don't stop there. Don't just be thankful that you didn't become a crispy critter in the fiery furnace. Get up. Get up. Once the breath of God breathed on those slain bodies, it said they stood up. They stood up on their feet. Too many of God's people have been knocked down by difficulties of life and they're laying flat on their back and it's time to get up, get up on the inside. If you will get up on the inside, hallelujah, God will use you. He didn't just stop with them getting up. He called them an exceeding great army. Woo! Hallelujah! That's what we're prophesying over this local body. That's what we're prophesying over the body of Christ. Get up! Get up! Let the breath of God breathe life back into you. Get up and begin to speak the word. Take back up those things that you have laid down. Pick them back up. Those dead visions and dreams. Pick back up that prophesying over your family and declaring the word of God. It's never outdated to speak the word of the living God and to prophesy. His word will not return void. Some of you have laid down your fervor. You've lost your zeal and your passion. It's time to pick it back up. You've lost your passion for praying for the souls of this earth. I know there are people in here that you used to spend hours on your knees crying out for the lost, crying out that God would send an anointed labor across your their path, but you've let it go. You've laid it aside. The Spirit of God is saying, pick it back up. Woo, let the zeal of God be rekindled on the inside of you. There is a mighty harvest awaiting the Bay Area. And he's looking for the church of the living God to become an exceeding, 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 great, mighty, powerful army of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Glory be to God. Glory be to God.